Welcome to Kevin Connors podcast. This series of messages on the book of Ezekiel were recorded in Malaysia in August 2010. Be sure to get a copy of Kevin's newly released commentary on the book of Ezekiel, available in paperback and ebook formats from Amazon.com and as an immediate PDF download from kevinconnor.org forward slash shop. Uh, just uh, praying for my voice. I just, uh, I'm not used to the air conditioning and then last time I was here a few months back, I was doing a seminar and then uh, I was in very bad air conditioning, lost my voice and uh, went home, gave it to my wife and she was as sick as sick for a few weeks and uh, they just said it was a virus of laryngitis and bronchitis so just uh, pray for my voice that we'll be able to endure to the end. <laughs> Alright, uh, so uh, somebody just asked me to mention just the four abominations that are in Ezekiel chapter 8 then we'll move on to our second session here. So number one, the first abomination was the image of jealousy or it's, uh, another translation brings it out. It's the image that provokes to jealousy and that is really a violation of which commandment? The second commandment. You shall not make any graven image. So they right in the outer court. If you, if you, why don't you just uh, go to page 17 there? Because I was trying to put the idea up there. Page uh, 17. Yes. Yeah, so right at the right at the the court. You know, between the altar and the and the uh, sea of glass, uh, sea of uh, uh, bronze sea. There, the image of jealousy, an image that provokes God to jealousy. Because he said, you'll not make any graven image, have no other gods before me. Then abomination number two is that when, when uh, you know, Ezekiel's getting all this in vision, he goes into the holy place and he sees painted on the walls all these, all these uh, reptiles and animals that they're worshipping. So it's an abomination, you know, when the, the, the temple had the cherubim and the, and the golden lampstand, everything like that. They didn't need that. So that was abomination number two. And then number three, you see in the outer court here, uh, where the women were weeping over Tamas, Tamas, how it's pronounced, Tamas, which was really the queen of heaven. And you see, we're sorry to say these things, but these abominations have crept into the Roman church under the guise of it was always the virgin and the child. It goes way back to Nimrod and his wife and, uh, and, 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 and suppose child that died and everything like that. So Tamas, uh, uh, worshipping, weeping there. Then the fourth abomination is the, those who are worshipping the sun. Instead of worshipping uh, the son of God, S-O-N, they were worshipping the sun, S-U-N, idolatry. Uh, and, and that was all forbidden by God, that you don't worship the sun or the moon or the stars. We think of astrologers and everything like that. So all those abominations that got into the temple, and so if we had time, and I didn't uh, hope it made, made sense to you, but think of the abominations that are coming into the church today. So as I said, Pentecostal homosexual churches, I mean, you know, and then the teaching that's floating around. And when I was in America, I picked up a lot of these things that uh, John, Jonathan and David were homosexuals. And Jesus and John, who, who lent on his bosom, they were homosexuals. And, and there's a whole hippie Bible out 
everything, I mean, just say, these abominations, and then one of the latest ones I've heard is what they've called trajectory theology, that uh, truth is flexible and adjustable in every, every generation. So what is truth to you may not be truth to me. And what is truth to me may not be truth to somebody else. So truth is uh, flexible and adjustable. Hey, if that's so, then we have no absolutes. Well, I believe the Bible is God's absolute truth. See, once we get, and so these things, and because of traveling, I pick up a lot of these things. So there's a, a, an idea of that. Okay, all right, now let's go on to our final session here. And appreciate you praying for my voice that I can hang out to the end. Okay, now, what we're going to look at tonight is, uh, on, in this session here, I want you to go to, uh, we're going to look at the prophecies concerning the Gentile nations. That's what we're talking about. And the pages in your notebook that you can look at and fill in a little bit there or uh, on other notes there is the pages 1920 and 21. So page 19, 20, and 21. So we're looking at uh, national destiny prophecies uh, and so forth. So let's, uh, in our notes, uh, the chapters we're going to cover in Ezekiel. So uh, did, did, did my first session make a bit of sense to you? Yeah. I mean, I know it's a bit of a jigsaw puzzle, but that's what it's about. That's why I said, without forcing the parts. So see the picture that happened in Ezekiel's time with the temple and Jeremiah's time with the temple when it's destroyed. And then when Jesus comes along in a restored temple, uh, he goes through the same thing. And just as the cloud... Uh, and the glory of God left the material temple, went to the Mount of Olives, and went back to heaven. So after Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection, he goes out to the Mount of Olives and goes back to heaven. That's the thing, and, and prophesies the destruction of the temple. Uh, you know, we often say, the only thing you learn from history is we never learn from history. Right? So we've got to learn, but there's going to be a church that's going to learn. Okay, so the chapters now of Ezekiel that we're covering in this final session is Ezekiel 25 through to 32 and also chapter 35. So these are the chapters concerning national destiny. I want you to go to uh, page, um, page 20, I think it is, or oh, 19, is it? Uh, this one here. Yeah. Is that page 20? I've taken, I, I had a loose one. Okay, now, you just have to listen carefully. It's a little bit more uh, sober-minded tonight than, than last night where we introduced it. Uh, national destiny prophecies is seen in the major prophets. Now, you'll notice, and uh, I've just put it out for you to, for those who are a bit more studious, you'll find that through the major and minor prophets, as they're called here, there are lots of uh, prophecies concerning the nations. So now, first of all, God deals with uh, Israel, and we'll be doing, doing that particularly tomorrow morning, that God deals with the nation of Israel, the chosen nation, but then God also is concerned about the other nations. And so that's what we're looking at. So you'll notice the nations that are mentioned here on uh, page uh, uh, 19, I think it is. Uh, why don't you flip back to that a little moment. These are the particular chapters in Ezekiel that are dealing with these nations. Ammon, Moab, Edom, Philistia, Tyre, Zidon, or Zidon, Sidon, and Egypt. 
There's seven nations that are listed there. And as you go back to page 20 again, you'll find that scattered throughout all the prophets, the major and minor prophets, they, they deal with the people of God because judgment must begin at the house of God first, and then they deal with the surrounding nations. Now, when we put the whole of our picture together tonight, I hope this all makes sense. So our jigsaw puzzle again. So uh, notice just the nations that are mentioned here, Ethiopia. And it's interesting that uh, probably seven or eight of the nations that are mentioned here still have the same names today. And uh, have, we, have we got a... Uh, sort of a map uh, on this. Get yourself a good Bible map and uh, oh, just leave that one on for a while. And tomorrow when we will be dealing with Gog and Magog, Gomer and Togoma, Turkey and Meshach, and some of these, Iraq, modern day uh, Babylon, Iran, uh, modern day Persia, uh, some of these nations that are here. Um, yeah, they're, they're all coming into focus. So uh, a lot of them are mentioned here. Ethiopia, still in existence today, same name. Philistia changed, Tyre, Edom, the Edomites, the Esau Edom. Uh, Ammon, uh, Amman, modern day Amman is Ammon. I was there a number of years ago when I was in uh, Jerusalem for a misguided tour. Uh, no, uh, sorry for sem seminars. Moab, Syria. Syria still, look at the impo uh, imp important part that Syria is playing today in this whole visit. Arabia, uh, Saudi Arabia, uh, the mingled people of the desert, Jeremiah calls them, the Arabians. Uh, Egypt, look at the focus on Egypt. And, and you see, this is my habit. When I was in Egypt a number of years ago, I was in the Middle East, Egypt, and Lebanon and so forth. I, I read these chapters in the prophets to see how applicable some of their uh, prophecies were, not only back in their generation, but what's happening today. And so it just gives you a good view, you know, if, you, if you've got a world view of what God is doing in the nations, I'd encourage you to go through some of these prophecies, see, wow, look what's happening. Assyria, Babylonia, which is the modern-day Iraq, Medea, Medea, Persia, Iran, uh, Elam, Greece. Think what's happened in Greece uh, financially, economically, in the last uh, few months. Hey, these things are spreading, uh, handwriting on the wall. Rome, uh, Rome's going to come into more prominence, I can assure you, and especially when you uh, check it through uh, in Revelation chapter 12, 13, and 17. So I just put that there for those a little bit more studies on that. All right, now, um, I want you to take down some notes wherever you're going to do it here. Maybe page 19 might do it. Um, God, God deals with individuals, but God also deals with nations. Can we say amen on that? And I want you to go over to uh, one verse there that you could put down. Let's go over to Jeremiah chapter 1, just a sample. Jeremiah chapter 1. <clears throat> and uh, let's read verse 10 again. And this was the, the, the commission on the word of the Lord to Jeremiah. So Jeremiah chapter 1 and verse 10. And he says, see, uh, I have this day set you over the nations, not just the nation, not just the nation of Judah, because uh, uh, Israel, the northern kingdom, had gone into Bab uh, Assyrian captivity about 100 years before, and, and Jeremiah is particularly talking about the, the, the house of Judah. You see that in the first few verses. So words of Jer uh, Jeremiah, the son of Hilkiah, 
of the priests who were born in Anathoth in the land of Benjamin, to whom the word of the Lord came in the days of Josiah, the son of Amon, king of Judah, in the thirteenth year of his reign, it came also in the days of Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, until the end of the eleventh year of Je Zedekiah, the son of, son of Josiah, king of Judah. So he's prophesying to the house of Judah. So it's important to understand. So back to verse 10 again. So this day I've set you over the nations, plural. And so Jeremiah has a whole section to the nation of Judah and also to the Gentile nations and over the kingdoms, not just the kingdom of Israel, the kingdom of Judah, but the kingdoms of this world. And his ministry was to root out, pull down, uh, destroy, throw down, and the second phase was to build and plant. So really important to understand that God raised up the prophets, particularly Old Testament prophets, uh, as uh, dealing with Israel and also the Gentile nations, uh, all the na uh, Gentile nations. Why don't you put down uh, some positive New Testament scriptures? Because when we come to the New Testament, uh, we see what the Lord, the, the Lord loves the nations, but the Lord also judges nations and deals with nations. And we find in, in the big picture, God used the nation of Assyria to deal with the house of Israel. He used the nation of Babylon to deal with the house of Judah. Then he used uh, Medo-Persia to deal with Babylon. And God uses nations. We're sorry for this, but this is the big picture. God's in charge. He's on the throne, and he knows how to deal with nations. And I, I think as we look in the world situation today with the economic thing, the tsunamis, the earthquakes, the, uh, the weather change, the everything that's happening, God is trying to get people's attention. And God is shaking, as we're going to see tomorrow morning, everything that can be shaken, try and get mankind's attention because we're rebelling against God, we're destroying family, we're destroying marriage, we're destroying so many things. And in uh, and U.S., sorry to say, prayer is out the school, so pregnancy and drugs has increased. Uh, the, most of the courts now have thrown out in the last number of months or so the Ten Commandments. Hey, when you reject God, what, the, the nations that forget God will be turned into hell, the Bible says. We don't like it, but it's there. So when nations, so God deals with individuals, but he also deals with nations. Everybody said amen on that. And so let's go to the New Testament where Jesus still has a burden for the nations, but on God's terms. All right, Matthew chapter 28, we won't turn to it. Matthew 28, verses 18 to 20. And what was the so-called Great Commission, go and make disciples of all nations. And uh, praise God for the different nations represented here. In our home church at Melbourne, Australia, we have at least 89 different nations represented in our church. 89. In fact, one morning uh, when I used to be the, the SM, the Sergeant Major, <laughs> no, I mean the Senior Minister, some... <laughs> <laughs> what are you, the SM, uh, which one? Okay, so I, I used to go, go and, and shake hands with people at the door and uh, one man said to me, oh, when my first wife went to be with the Lord, I bought a flag for, uh, representing every nation that we had in our fellowship at the time. And this man said to me, he said, uh, oh, Brother Connor, I enjoyed the service this morning. I really like all your flags but you haven't got the most important flag in the world there. So I looked natural, which was dumb, you know. <laughs> and uh, so you can tell my voice is coming good now. Okay. 
So um, I said, yeah, well, what's that? He said, don't you know what the most important flag is in the world? I said, just, just help, help my feeble mind. And so he told me, he says, the Jewish flag. And I just got a word of wisdom from God because I thought afterwards, wow, where did that come from? Thank you, Father. That was good. So I said, I'll tell you what, every one of those flags we've got hanging around the wall represents someone out of that nation who's come to Jesus. You can go and get me a Jewish convert and bring him to Christ and then I'll put a flag up. <laughs> End of lesson, I've never seen him <laughs> from that day to this. Anyway, just to balance that all out, my, my son, Mark Connor, he married a German Jew. The parents and grandparents were under the Hitler regime, fled to Africa, got out, came back to Germany, didn't like it and moved, migrated to Australia. So my wife got, a, my, my, my son got a, a wife out of it, hallelujah. So I am international. <laughs> and then of course my son-in-law, Frank Damasio, he's a Portuguese man of war. <laughs> and then he, he uh, his wife is my daughter, he kidnapped her, he said he married her. Uh, Sharon, what's the difference anyway? So <laughs> I'm just saying I'm international and it's just a great to be a blessing to the nations. Uh, how many different nations do we have represented here? I think uh, uh, the Chinese meal, the sweet and sour, we had <laughs> 10 different nations. Put your hands up. No, don't be afraid, don't be chicken. Yeah, look at them all. Philippines, India, uh, Myanmar, or my, Myanmar, <laughs> me and who? <laughs> anyway, yeah, wonderful, it's just great. And that's what the church is, so go and make disciples of all nations. Amen. Uh, Matthew 24, verse 14, we won't turn to it, Matthew 24, verse 14. And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for witness to all nations, and then, and not until then, shall the end come. Who was telling me the other day that they've just found a new tribe uh, who was telling me that? No? A new tribe in New Guinea that are w still uh, walking around in their birthday suits. How many you know what your birthday suit is? Uh, <laughs> in other words, they're stark naked and nobody's touched them. They're totally uncivilized. Uh, and they tell me, the missiologists, that there's still about a thousand tongues that have never yet heard the name of Jesus and haven't got one verse of scripture in their language. And yet when John sees it in Revelation chapter 5, verse 9 and 10, uh, they're singing the new song, you have redeemed us to, uh, to God by your blood out of every kindred, every tongue, every tribe, every nation. So there's got to be the fruit of the Lamb's death out of every kindred, every tongue, every tribe and nation that's going to be before the throne. So God has a, a concern about the nations. Okay, that's it. So make disciples of all nations. Gospel of the kingdom going to be preached to all nations before the end comes and not till then. And out of every kindred, tongue, tribe and nation, uh, there's going to be the redeemed. All right, now, uh, I want you just to put on your notes here. So I'm on page 19. That was sort of all related to page 20. Uh, but page 19, we have a list of the nations that God is dealing with there. Uh, and uh, in Ezekiel chapter 12 to 24, which we're, we're skipping over here because it's only an a, a overview on the high spots, uh, Ezekiel 12 through to 24, God is dealing with the nation of Israel. Why? First Peter chapter 4, 
verse 17 to 18 says, Judgment must begin at the house of God. So God judges the nation of Israel first. That's Ezekiel 12 through to chapter 24. So he judges the nations. Judgment must begin at the house of God. And if the righteous scarcely be saved, where is the sinner and the ungodly appear? And I like uh, one time I was in, uh, when I was in U.S., I was getting some gas at the uh, gas station and uh, someone, uh, the, the gas station said, oh, looks what, look at what's happening to you preachers. And I like what this preacher, he said, yes, but he said, wait till your turn comes. Because <laughs> if the righteous scarcely be saved, where is the sinner and the ungodly appear? So God deals with the nation of Israel first, the chosen nation. We'll be dealing with that more particularly tomorrow. What about Israel? What about the Jew? And then chapters 25 through to 32, which I've given you, chapter 35, we have seven nations that are mentioned here. Okay. All right. So judgment begins at the house of God. Now, I want you to turn over uh, to uh, Psalms, book of Psalms. Let's go to Psalm 83. And if you mark your Bible, I want you to notice, and especially in the light of what's going on uh, today in the Middle East, there are 12 nations mentioned here, and, uh, and a number of them are in Ezekiel's prophecy. So you just have to read them yourself here. But let's go to Psalm 83, and uh, we'll pick up a few verses here. Let's go uh, from verse 1 here, just a few verses. So he says, Do not keep silent, O God, and do not be still, O God. Uh, for behold, your enemies make a tumult, and those who hate you have lifted up their head. They have taken crafty counsel against your people and consulted together against your sheltered ones or hidden ones, Old Authorized says. Now, let's pick up the first name and think of what some of the statements that have been said today by some rulers in the Middle East, we think of Iran particularly. They have said, come and let us cut, cut them off from being a nation that the name of Israel may be remembered no more. Who has talked about that? We're going to wipe Israel off the face of the earth. Okay, it's happening. Okay, number one, God's people, Israel. We'll deal more with that this morning. For they have consulted together with one consent they form a confederacy against you. Now notice and look at your page 19, the nations that are mentioned. The tents of Edom, number two. And Ish the Ishmaelites. Oh, okay. Esau, Edom, Ishmael. Okay, Moab. Wow, that's all there too. And the Hagarites or Hagarines, uh, old authorized says. Gebel. Uh, Amman, uh, Ammon, oh the Ammonites, and uh, Amalek, the Amalekites, Philistia, oh that's, Ezekiel's dealt with that one too, with the inhabitants of Tyre, oh that's on Ezekiel's list too, uh, Assyria also has joined with them, they have helped the children of Lot, oh and uh, Moab and Ammon both come from Lot. So twelve nations are mentioned there um, in, the, in their thing against God and against the, the people of God. Now, I want, I want to go to the board here and I wish I was a better writer than I am. I write in tongues. But I want to give you a picture of what's uh, just to help us here. Okay, you're breathing all right? 
uh, what happened to that thing. Yeah. Okay, now let's look at the jigsaw puzzle. And uh, I'm talking to a very intelligent bunch of people. <laughs> Wonderful. Le uh, j just let me build the puzzle first. We go back to Adam. You can take this down. It won't hurt you. And Adam had two sons. Please keep in mind, Cain was the firstborn. And then Abel was the second. Some say they're twins. And then Cain was killed, and so Seth took his place. Adam, the father of the whole human race. Then we come from down from Seth to the next father of the human race, Noah. And uh, for the reason of tonight only, I want to put the three sons, uh, but I want to put them in this order, and you'll, you'll see in a moment. So the firstborn son I'm putting here was Ham. I mean, the Bible is Shem, Ham, and Japheth, because Ham's always in the middle, even in your sandwich. <laughs> right? Okay, but for reasons for tonight, Ham, and then uh, Japheth, and then uh, we have uh, Shem, the Shemite races. And, uh, you know, I don't want to be racist, but it's interesting to, when I travel a bit, to find the Hamite nations, the Japhetic nations, and the Shemite nations are all around today. That's a whole story itself. Then we go from Shem, and the next father we have is Abraham. I'll just put A for short. And he has two kids. Uh, and who's the firstborn? Ishmael. And then later on, Isaac. I'm going to talk to Abraham about that because especially with the price of oil. <laughs> and who's, who's got it? Uh, the Ishmael nations today, Isaac. And then, let's see how far I need to do on this. For your beady eyes. Okay. Then from Isaac, we come uh, to Jacob. And then, of course, Jacob, he has 12 sons. One of the... 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. Okay? Now, from Abraham over here, we have a, a, a nephew. I think it's a nephew. I always get my relatives mixed up. Uh, Lot. And uh, from Lot, what happens? He has two sons, and uh, by his daughters, the daughters get him dead drunk. And while he's dead drunk, he has immorality or sex with his daughters and so from one daughter I forget her name now I never did get interested in her um, we have the Moabites and then from the other daughter who gets dad dead drunk and he has sex with her while he's dead drunk and uh, we have the Ammonites now I want you to go over to uh, Hebrews chapter 12. Couldn't you see that? This is this chart's copyright. And they tell me in uh, Malaysia, well, we copied it right. <laughs> That's not what it's talking about. I, wa I want you to go over to Hebrews chapter 12. Everybody breathing now? Are you feeling a bit better? I slightly am too, so keep praying. 
Let's go to Hebrews chapter 12. I just want to pick out one sentence, but I want to give you the key. It's one of the master keys sort of understanding about these Gentile nations, what's going on here. All right. So uh, Hebrews chapter 12, and we'll, uh, yeah, and we'll pick up in verse uh, 20, 22. All right, so the writer is saying, But you are come unto Mount Zion, and unto the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to innumerable company of angels, to the general assembly and church of the firstborn, which are written in heaven, and to God the judge of all, and to the spirits of just men made perfect, and to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of a sprinkling that speaks better things than that of Abel. You notice there's nine things that we're come to. So we're come to Mount Zion. We're come to the city of the living God. We're come to innumerable company of angels. We're come to the general assembly, church of the firstborn. We're come to uh, written in heaven. We're come to God, the judge of all. Come to the spirits of the just made perfect. We've come to Jesus and we've come to the blood. There are nine things that we come to. Now, the sentence I want you to pick up here, and you'll see what's going on in this picture in Ezekiel, which we are not going to go into beyond this, is the expression, church of the firstborn. Now, as I have studied this over the Bible, and I think you might even find a little book there, The Church of the Firstborn and Birthright. It may be on the table down there. I'd rush to buy your copy of it before it expires. <laughs> I want you to notice what God does here. There's a pattern that God does that will help us here. Cain was the firstborn. And when you do a character ca uh, study on Cain, what are the characteristics of Cain? He's a murderer. He's a liar. And he's a, a rejecter of the blood of the Lamb. And because of the way of approach, because you see, as was said last night, it's un, uh, without doubt that Adam and Eve told their kids, Cain and Abel, about the Garden of Eden, how they ate of the forbidden tree, and how God killed an innocent animal after they had their fig leaf bikini suit and so forth. And uh, Abel accepted, and by faith Abel offered. Where did he get the faith from? Five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. The ten is pulled out holy to the Lord. 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20. Pull out 20. So every tenth one is marked out. Now it's very significant that Adam is the first, Noah is the tenth from Adam, and, and uh, Abraham is the twentieth from Adam and the tenth. So God has made these covenant men. So Adam, two covenants. Noah, the covenant. Abraham, the covenant. So God's working in something. God's got something in mind. So what happens? Abraham has two kidlets, uh, the two boys, Ishmael and Isaac. And what's the characteristics of Ishmael? He mocks the child that is born of the Spirit and uh, despises him. And God lets them both grow in the same house. But what does he do when Abraham tells Isaac to go in the far country and get a good wife. No wife, no strife, what a life. Uh, no, 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 just thinking out loud. Uh, what does Ishmael do? He defies his father, and so he goes and marries a wife from Ham. Wow. And just this, the characteristics are just bad. And now from Isaac, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, I'm the God of Abraham, 
the God of Isaac, not the God of Abraham, Ishmael, but the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And then we find the same pattern. Now, what happens over here? Firstborn, Moab, of his first daughter. Ammon, firstborn of his second daughter. So there's something about the characteristics of the firstborn that is bad. And so as you go to those nations that are mentioned in, in, uh, in your book there, the prophecies over them, Ammon and Moab, both bad news. Born in incest. Edom, Esau, Edom from uh, Ishmael, Philistia, Egypt of the line of Ham where Ishmael came from and Hagar. So God has this the big picture so you know he judges nations as I said he judges individuals he judges nations. Alright so let me sort of try and wrap that up a bit here. Uh, Acts chapter 7 verse 38 I'm just trying to sort of give you the big picture here that God is dealing with nations, he deals with individuals. All right, but he has a firstborn in mind. So Acts chapter 7 and verse 38, Israel is referred to as the church in the wilderness. So God took Israel as a nation from the midst of the nations actually to make them a missionary nation. That was his purpose. In the New Testament, God takes the church out of every kindred, tongue, tribe, and nation to make us missionary-minded people, to have a heart for the nations. All right, now, so number one, just a few closing thoughts here, and I hope this will sort of make sense because we're not going into all the prophecies. Um, number one, the firstborn after the flesh, God generally sets aside because he wants a church of the firstborn on the spiritual thing. So Israel become, uh, why don't you put this down, Exodus chapter 4, where God takes the thing up on a national scale. This is individual here. He says to Moses, go and tell Pharaoh, Israel is my son, even my firstborn. You let my son go, or else I'm going to slay your son, your firstborn. So God sets aside the firstborn after the flesh, to bring in his firstborn after the spirit because he has a purpose and to the firstborn he gives his birthright. We'll pick this up more tomorrow morning. So number one, the first thing is to remember God sets aside the firstborn after the flesh. It's set aside because he brings in his firstborn after the spirit. Number two, the characteristics of the firstborn after the flesh are what we see here. So Cain, what are the characteristics of the firstborn? Ham, what are the characteristics of the firstborn? Ishmael, what's the characteristics of the firstborn? And if you want to go down and just add this one here, uh, Reuben was the firstborn son of Jacob. Bad characteristics, immorality, so forth. And he links up with this. So there's something there, because it's referring to the firstborn of the flesh. The only birth that God accepts today is the new birth. And then... John chapter number 3, number 3, John chapter 3, verse 1 to 5, that which is born of the flesh is flesh. Flesh can only produce flesh. Like produces like. So flesh produces flesh. And then number 4, sorry to say, all the nations that are mentioned here on this sheet, 19, every one of them became enemies 
of Israel, the people of God at that time. So that's the history of the Bible. If you follow all through those prophecies I've given you, you'll see Ammon, the Moabites, the uh, Ammonites, the Moabites, Esau, Edomites, Philistines, and so forth, Egyptians, so much. So against the people of God. But to balance that all out, as I said, come to the New Testament, God loves all nations. He deals with all nations. He loves individuals. He deals with individuals. But uh, God is going to have a bride out of all nations. And he said, make disciples of all nations. So just gives you the big picture because sometimes when you read about these prophecies concerning the Gentile nations, so how do you handle it? What do you do? You've got to keep in mind the big picture. And this is what God in his sovereignty sees. How many are glad that regardless of what nation you come from, that we are born again and born into the new ethnic division, the church of our Lord Jesus Christ. Everybody said amen. All right, let's all stand. I think you've had enough for tonight. We hope you've enjoyed today's teaching. Visit kevinconnor.org for more information.